Our text this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We're reading verses 15 through 21. And if you're able, would you stand in honor of God's word? You follow along on the screens or in your own copy of scripture. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, after eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So question for you, how many of you have already put away your Christmas decorations? Wow, a lot of you are in the same boat with me. They're still up and we're enjoying them. Some of you are proactive. You know, Christmas decor starts to go up in the stores, it seems, around August. And it feels like Christmas will never get here. And then it comes and it seems like it's gone in a day. And the next day we move on to other things. Some of you had to return to work the day after Christmas, and others of you have a little more time to think about what is ahead as the calendar turns from one year to the next, and you are trying to make the most of the days as you prepare for what's on the planners and your calendars. So, I love Christmas, all right? It is my favorite season, my favorite holiday of all, and I love nearly everything about it except for fruitcakes. Yes, I haven't tried yours, but I'm pretty sure I'm still not going to be a fan. You know, I I decorated for Christmas before Thanksgiving. I'm one of those. And I actually started listening to Christmas music in October. But before you judge me too harshly, I was on vacation in Colorado, and I was experiencing my very first snow. So I was in the cabin. It was snowing outside. There was a fire in the fireplace. I had hot chocolate. It screamed Christmas. And I had no choice. I couldn't help myself. And yet, even with the earlier-than-normal start to this holiday season for me, my decorations are still up, and I'm still watching Hallmark Christmas movies that I recorded through the season because I'm just not ready yet to let it go. And in the Christmas, or in the church, the church's liturgical calendar, Christmas isn't over yet. Christmas begins the day after Advent ends on Christmas Eve, and we enter Christmas Tide, which goes on till January 6th, which is known as Epiphany. And that's the day we celebrate the, the Magi, or the, the wise men, or the kings who've come to see the Christ child. So it really isn't over in the global church, but for most of us, we've boxed it up, and we've packed it away, and we've moved on. But what if Christmas could still continue long after December 25th. I'm going to propose to you this morning that Christmas doesn't have to end. And don't worry, you don't have to put your lights back up. You can leave those away. But perhaps there are some things about Christmas that we can leave out on display to light up our world. So Doyle just finished a sermon series called The Music of Christmas, 
in which he talked about some of his favorite songs and worked through that. So I thought I'd share in part one of my favorite Christmas songs this morning. It's called Someday at Christmas. And it was written in 1967 by Ron Mills and Brian Wells. And it's been sung by a multitude of artists over the years. But my favorite rendition is the original one with Stevie Wonder. I love that one. So in case you haven't heard that song, you're not familiar with it, I wanted to share a few of the the lyrics with you this morning. Someday at Christmas there will be no wars when we have learned what Christmas is for. When we have found what life's really worth, there will be peace on earth. And someday at Christmas we'll see a man, no hungry children, no empty hands. One happy morning people will share our world where people care. And someday at Christmas there will be no tears. All men are equal and no men have fears. One shining moment my heart ran away from our world today. Someday all our dreams will come to be. Someday in a world where all men are free. Maybe not in time for you and for me, but someday at Christmas time. What I love about that song is what I love about this season, hope. During Christmas, it feels like people are a little bit more kind, a little bit more generous, a little bit more oriented towards the things in life that really matter, like family. It's like we try a little bit harder to be the kind of people that God dreams for us to be. Generous, compassionate, others-focused, peace-oriented, And more than any other time of year, we are intentional about these things. And it gives me hope. Hope that maybe, just maybe, someday at Christmas or maybe the rest of the year, we will be our very best selves. That we will choose to walk the way of Jesus each and every day, not as perfect people, but as forgiven people. And not in some shallow, sugary, happy people, but people who, content in the Lord overflow God's peace and love and joy to all that we encounter. Yes, I am a my-cup-is-half-full kind of person. I've been called a Pollyanna more than once, and I'm okay with that. I tend to believe the best in things and that good will prevail. And I didn't really realize how much I did this until um, something happened with my roommate a couple of years ago. Uh, a former youth and a youth worker lived in my basement, And one evening she texted me from downstairs and she said, are you okay? I texted back, yep, I'm fine. And she said, I heard something. I thought we were being attacked. I was like, she was a little bit nervous a lot. I said, no. I said, it's storming outside. That might have been thunder. And then I thought about it. I texted her back. I was like, what what were you going to do if I said, yes, we're under attack? She said, I don't know. She's like, I thought you'd just look at them and go, you're better than this. And after she said it, I thought about it, and I'm like, that's actually how I think it would go down, too. Like, they come in, and I'd be like, you can make a better choice. You can live a better story than this. Just turn around now and start over. So, yeah, I'm a little bit of a Pollyanna. But here's the thing. With God, all things are possible. Not some things. All things. And I truly believe that. And if you believe our world is too dark for God to break into, well, then you've forgotten the miracle 
of the Christmas story, right? For into the darkness of the world, Jesus Christ was born. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus left the privileges of heaven and humbled himself, becoming human, living among us, teaching us a new way to live and to love. Our text this morning focuses on the shepherds, the sheep herders in the story, who were overwhelmed in the middle of the dark in the night by the angel of God who shared with them the good news of great joy for all people, that to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And you're going to find him swaddled up and in a manger. And then a whole chorus of angels joined this one angel, and they sang together, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill among all people. And after that angelic choir exited, the scripture says that the shepherds huddled together, talked it over, and then left running to Bethlehem. Forget the sheep. They're on their own now. Running to Bethlehem. They ran with hope. They ran with a sense of urgency that what had just been told to them was true, and they had to go see. And when they found the baby, exactly where the angel said it would be, and wrapped and dressed the way the angel said it would be, They told everything to everyone, all that had happened. And people were impressed. They were amazed by what the shepherds told them, by what the shepherds told them, which is pretty amazing. Some of Israel's great heroes were shepherds, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David. Psalm 23 and even Jesus refer to God as the great shepherd. But why did this announcement come to them at all? Why not to priests and kings of society? Who were these shepherds who were going to be the first eyewitnesses to God's glory and receive history's greatest birth announcement? Who are they that should be the ones who are the honored first visitors to welcome the Christ child? Because in Christ's day, shepherds stood on the bottom rung of the Palestinian Palestinian social ladder. They share the same unenviable status as tax collectors. Only Luke mentions them in the story. See, back during the time of patriarchs, shepherding was a noble occupation. But over time and under the influence of Egyptian captivity, who thought very little of shepherds, shepherds became despised in everyday life and were considered second-class and untrustworthy. And scholars document the fact that shepherds were deprived of all civil rights, So they could not fulfill judicial offices and they could not bear witness in court. So these shepherds, who could not be admitted as witnesses in court, God chooses them to be witness to the birth of the Messiah. Isn't that just like God? And they didn't let God down. Upon meeting Christ, they proclaim to all what God has done. And upon leaving that encounter with the Christ child... They let loose, it says in the message paraphrase. They let loose, glorifying and praising God. That's the last mention of the shepherds in Scripture. But I'd like to believe that until they took their very last breath, that they were telling the story of all that God had done that night over and over and over again. Can you just picture them down at the local watering hole? Did I tell you about the time that the angel choir spoke to us? Yeah, Bob, you told us. And then, just like sometimes old men do, they went on to say, oh, it was amazing. And, and they recount the story once again. They met Jesus, and they were never the same. 
Christmas lived on in their stories well after that night. And although they could not bear witness in a court of law, no one could stop them from bearing witness with their lives. The shepherds did this because what they were told came true. We have the gift of being on the other side of history, knowing that indeed it all came true. That this baby in the trough grows up to be the Savior who preaches good news to the poor, as prophesied, who heals the sick, who sets the captives free. We've seen it all come true and the gospel message prevail for over 2,000 years. How much more should we let loose glorifying and praising God since we have seen it come true? We are the Christmas sequel. We get to continue the story of God at work among us and within us. And we do that best in how we live and love, proclaiming with our lives and our words that we have met Jesus and he has changed everything for us. In his 1927 Christmas message to the American people, the first of its kind, President Calvin Coolidge said, Christmas is not a time nor a season, but a state of mind. To cherish peace and goodwill, to be plenteous in mercy, is to have the real spirit of Christmas. If we think of these things, there will be born in us a Savior, and over us will shine a star sending its gleam of hope to the world. You see, Christmas doesn't have to end on December 25th. The spirit of Christmas can continue on in each of us. Galatians 5.22 says that when we live God's way, good, God brings good gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. Don't those gifts sound like the spirit of Christmas to you? These fruits of the spirit are meant to appear in our lives year-round, not just for a season. So we may have taken the decorations down out of our homes, or out of the sanctuary for sure, but may the spirit of Christmas linger in our hearts, and inspire our lives well into the new year. We may put away the tree, but let's not put away generosity. We may pack up the lights, but not the kindness. We may remove the stockings from the mantle, but may compassion still be on display in our lives each day. So what if instead of cramming all this Christmas joy and hope into just a few days, we spread it out throughout the year? Even Scrooge in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol gets it. Here's a spoil alert. At the end of the story, Scrooge learns his lesson and he says, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. We, like the shepherds, have a story to tell. And may we do as they did, letting loose, glorifying and praising God for everything we have heard and seen and honor Christmas in our hearts throughout the year.